When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Collegiately speaking. And we're underway. Needs a block on the picker and gets it. And will he go the distance? Yes, he will. As the Hokies deliver the dagger here in Tallahassee. Intercepted by the Wildcats. The Wildcats win. Unbelievable. Here's Collegiately Speaking, your one-stop shop for college football news. Collegiately Speaking. With Dave Eddy and former Northwestern quarterback Dan Person. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? Collegiately Speaking. Welcome, everybody, to a Thanksgiving edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Eddy with former Northwestern quarterback Dan Persa, Super Joe Romano will join us a little bit later on. We're going to visit with the voice of the fighting Illini, Ryan Barnhart, our old friend, who's going to give us a little uh, insight into what this season, Brett Bielema's first season in Champaign, has been like. And also, uh, Northwestern's very outgoing, enthusiastic, and uh, and solid defender, uh, defensive tackle Joe Spivak is going to join us a little bit later on. But uh, Saturday, Dan, uh, at Wrigley Field, the Wildcats lost to Purdue 32-14. And, look, they were already out of bowl eligibility before that game, and I know the loss was disappointing. But I have to tell you, I thought that the atmosphere at Wrigley on Saturday was was fantastic. I, I just thought it was a great environment for a college football game. And, and I know it's likely that Northwestern's going to play a number of games there over the next few years when Ryan Field undergoes renovation. And I'm looking forward to that because I just think uh, and maybe it won't be as unique if they're playing on a more regular basis, but that's okay because I just thought it was great. Yeah, it was an awesome atmosphere. And I, I think, you know, just taking it in and, and seeing the game from, from different angles and, and, you know, tailgating before and, in some of the bars around Wrigley, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was great to see, see different folks from, from uh, all walks of life, all walks of Northwestern life, you know, in the arena. And uh, yeah, I was, I, I really appreciated it and, and thought that the atmosphere was awesome. Now that was the good. The not so good uh, was uh, yet another interception thrown by a Northwestern quarterback. That's eight in the last three games. And and then the other part of it was that Northwestern's pass defense, which has been good over the course of the season, um, they gave up big plays. And, and I wonder how much of that you think was uh, defensive breakdowns and how much of it was, this is what Purdue does and they're really good at it. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both, right? I, you know, the one thing that, that at least gave me hope going into the game is, is like you said, that our back seven, specifically the, the defensive backs, are, are were really strong. And I thought, you know, we, we matched up well against, you know, potentially an All-American and David Bell and Milton Wright um, is another great player. But we, I thought they, they matched up pretty well against them. Um, but obviously, Aiden O'Connell had a day and, and Milton Wright had a day. And I mean, David Bell didn't seem like he... he touch the ball that much but you look at the stats and it's you know 12 catches for over 100 yards again so um yeah i think the the defensive backs you know they, they played decent but also missed some one-on-one plays and and had some one-on-one man-to-man breakdowns but you know that'll happen against good teams so you know unfortunate but you know we'll, we'll see how they bounce back against illinois well uh that of course coming up saturday and last year 
They played at Ryan Field, the Wildcats, uh, tuning up for the Big Ten championship game at that point, uh, defeated the Illini 28-10, to their sixth consecutive victory over their in-state rivals as they won the Land of Lincoln Trophy, or as it's uh, more affectionately known, the hat uh, for the sixth consecutive year. And they won it eight of the last nine, 14 of the last 18. And, Dan, you were part of it the last time – that they lost the game in Champaign. That was in 2011. So it's uh, it's been a long time. And Northwestern, I, I know one thing, Pat Fitzgerald has done a good job getting the message across to his guys how much this rivalry game means to him. Yeah, I think it'll continue to mean more and more as as Illinois gets better and better, which they will under under Coach Bielema. So you know, hopefully in, in a couple of years or even next year that this is a, you know, has big implications for the big 10 West, but absolutely. I think, you know, they, they recruit the same players. They, they, you know, fight it out in, in high school against each other and, and these kids know each other. So um, it's always going to be a big rivalry and, and you want to beat your, your in-state rival. That's for sure. And we're pleased to be joined now by the outstanding play-by-play voice of the fighting Illini joining us en route from Kansas city after calling basketball and on his way back to Champaign-Urbana, Brian Barnhart. Now it is, what year is this for you, Brian? This is actually year number 20, Dave. Oh, congratulations. That's a milestone. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and this has been an interesting year for Illinois. I mean, uh, I don't know what you expected. I think with Brett Bielema coming in, everybody expected a, a transitional year. But uh, they've had some big wins. What's been your takeaway from the 2021 season with Illinois? Well, it's just been uh, it's been fun to watch Brett come in and uh, do what he does, and and you can see why he won at Wisconsin. Um, you know, he doesn't. You know, he's he's starting over basically, or you know, inherited Lovey Smith's players, but he came in with a plan. He's very similar to Brad Underwood in his approach to things uh, when he comes in new, like Brad did. You know, here's what I want to get done. Follow me. You know, and and and, uh, and we'll get it done. And so, you know, building a culture, as you know, takes a while. And I know uh, Fitz has done a great job at Northwestern. He was part of that culture. He understands it. Um, and I think Brett gets Illinois, he gets the Midwest. He understands the Big Ten. You know, he's played for Hayden Fry. He's worked with Kirk Ferentz and Bill Snyder at K-State. And, you know, for, uh, of course, uh, Barry Alvarez. And then eventually got the job at Wisconsin at a young age. And so I've I just been impressed. And so... Uh, he not only says the right things, he does the right things, and he, and, he, and he understands what it means to build a program. So that's that's a start. And he convinced a lot of super seniors that were going to leave to come back. And so you start there, and then his attention to detail and, and bringing in Ryan Walters as the defensive coordinator from Missouri I thought was a great move. And, and Ryan just got a contract extension. And, and then they've been in every game. Dave, they've, you know, except for a couple, they got blown out of Virginia and Wisconsin pretty much manhandled them. But other than that, every game has been a one score game, including the one uh, for a while until the end, uh, a late pick six at Iowa. Uh, So that's been the fun part is being competitive. uh, When people thought, well, there's no way they can win at Penn State, they win in nine overtimes. You know, there's no way they can (laughs) win at Minnesota, they win at Minnesota. And uh, I've just been impressed with him and his staff and his ability to adjust week-to-week, game-to-game, um, and so it's been, it's been real fun to watch. And look, uh, you got you guys go in and win at Penn State, and 
James Franklin gets a 10 year extension. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm trying to kind of figure that out, but it's not often that a first year coach gets a signature win, you know, that quickly. I mean, I'm sure the win over Nebraska was, was great to start the season because as usual, Nebraska was touted as being improved and, you know, and they, and they've been competitive, boy, they've been in every game this year. They just haven't been able to, to finish them out, but, but to get a win like that at Penn State, and I remember, Brian, because we were playing at Michigan, and the score at halftime in both games was the same, 10-7. to 7. And that game got away from Northwestern in the third quarter against the Wolverines. But we're watching the scoreboard, and Illinois is right there, and now it's the fourth quarter, and our game's over, and everybody's watching Illinois-Penn State in multiple overtimes. And I just wonder how much uh, value Bielema has found from that win, what what that's done for the program, because of all your other wins this year, that's the one that I think really grabbed people. Yeah, it really did. It got the attention of the, of the nation, I think. And, uh, you know, the overtime format is unique. Um, you know, and it was a combination, and you've called a lot of games, Dave. I mean, it was a combination of, Bottom of the ninth, baseball three and two. You got one pitch. You know you had the opportunities after the first overtime at the three yard line for two points. Uh, it had a combination of playing horse and basketball, where you make a shot and I've got to make a shot. I mean, it had all of that. And, and in football, we were switching ends of the field, and I mean, it was just a unique, one of the most unique uh, events I've ever announced and called over the years was that game. But yeah, it, it, it really drew attention to the Illinois program and Brett Bielema and, and what he's done. And, and you think about it, Dave, the defense, uh, and it wasn't just that game, but in the last, if you go back eight games since the Virginia game, Illinois allowed about 17, 18 points a game, which is basically half of what they gave up last year. Uh, at the end of the Lovey Smith era, they were giving up about 35, 36 points a game. And, that's uh, that consistency over those eight games. I think is what got Josh Whitman, the athletic director, to say, "Look, I think we've got a gem here in Ryan Walters. Uh, let's make sure that we don't lose him." <laughs> and so I think yeah. that was the the reason for the big contract extension to say, "Hey, we want you here." And uh, that improvement over those eight games has been quite dramatic because you've seen our some Illinois teams in recent years that could be scored on, and um, and he's just done a great job. Yeah, I agree. Thanks, Brian. Again, Dan Perse here. For thanks for joining us. Um, you talked about kind of the, building the program and you know what what Brett has done. Can you can you dive into that a little bit more specifically? What, what are the foundational principles he's put to this team, whether it be defense or an attitude or you know some more specific things that he's done to to get the program off the right start? Well, it's for one, it's his attention to detail to everything around the program. I mean, one of the first calls I got from him was. Hey, Brian, what do I need to wear to the coaches' show? Can I be casual? Should I wear a jacket? I mean, that's just a, I've never had a coach ask me. I mean, I'm like, Coach, it's your show. You can do whatever you want. But, <laughs> you know, to ask for my opinion on something, his name's on the show. But uh, that impressed me. But that's just a little thing. But, um, you know, he comes from that background at Iowa where he played and working for coaches who play field position, they play good defense, they run the football. I mean, he had great backs at Wisconsin, certainly. That helped. Principles that he instills every day, uh, that's the approach 
that he takes in practice. That's the approach he takes in games. It's consistent. You know specifically what he wants to do. Uh, on you, you can almost see it coming. And, you know, even down to the – Dan, it's almost like um, – the, we would you have all kinds of different uniforms, which is a which is a common thing these days. You know they want to sell products, but he wants an orange helmet every game because when he sees when he will see people see Illinois on TV, there's an orange helmet and they know that that's Illinois. I mean, so little details like that every day in practice. The, uh, the I would watch him do drills in practice, and and he would have no no don't do it that way. Step back, do it again, do it right, do it over and over again. Those little daily foundational things. I've had a lot of players have told me that they've been imp- they've learned so much of the, about the game and the details of the game. And when you're doing those little details every day, and you know this, um, they come out in the games. Um, if you're doing it every day in practice when nobody else is watching, uh, that's how you win games. And uh, it, it's just been impressive to watch. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the small things add up and accumulate, and they they manifest on on Saturdays. Um, the other thing you talked about was, was just his ability to retain some of the super seniors. And, and as we all know, when new coaches come into to programs, the, the, t- the hardest thing is typically developing relationships and getting you know, other people's players, for, for lack of a better word, to, to play for, for you. How has he been able, been able to do that? What, how has the, you know, the older players' response been? Um, I know there was a little bit of a, a miscommunication where he said you know, something about these aren't my players and they, they wouldn't play in a normal team, but um, they seem to have bounced back from that. What, what's just been the overall relationship between player and coach? Well, the early uh, testimony, Dan, was you know his being able to, uh, like Casey Washington, who's been one of our top receivers this year, uh, second in catches, he was gone to Wake Forest. And, uh, and he was able to talk with him, and eventually Casey reached back to coach and said, hey, I'd like to come back after several conversations they had. Tony Adams is all but gone. Uh, they were going to leave. I mean, I think, and I forget the exact number. It was, I think, we've got the most super seniors of anybody uh, at the Power Five level that came back. Uh, Brett's ability to say, "Hey, um, I realize you were recruited by a different coach. You played for a different coach. You could easily walk away, but I want you to be part of something special here." At the beginning, he's a really good and gifted communicator with people. He he connects on a everyday man level. Uh, not like talking coach down to player, but hey, you're with me in this. I want you to be with me and build, you know, a, a really good program here. And here's how we're going to do it. And he convinced a lot of guys. And we've interviewed different ones on the coaches show over the year about, you know, what was it about Brett that drew you to him? And and they were like, hey, he he wants me to be a part of what we're doing here and made a bigger picture out of it, I guess. Uh, but also appealed to them individually, and he's very good at that. Um, and, and it was funny because, uh, when he made the statement he did at the press conference about, um, the offensive line specifically is what he was talking about. The current, uh, recruits for the last couple of years, uh, that had been recruited by the, the previous staff. And he didn't mention Lovey Smith by, by name, but basically said, those guys aren't with us anymore. They're not helping us. Uh, and he was a couple that he was off on, but for the most part, that was accurate. I knew exactly what he was saying was they're somewhere else. They're not here. Uh, he wasn't right. putting the guys down that were here. He was just saying, we really didn't get much out of that class. There's nobody here. They've all transferred. He just didn't use the word transfer or left. And I think people took it the wrong way, but he, 
and talked to his players about it. They understood what he was saying. Everybody was great. And it's funny because it came out the week of the Penn State game, and everybody thought, oh, we're going to go to Penn State, and we'll see who probably lost the team with that. And it was completely the opposite <laughs> because they knew exactly what he meant, and he wasn't, he wasn't putting anybody down. He was just stating a fact. And he's very straightforward like that and um, very honest with them. And uh, I, th- I thought I read some articles on that, Dan, and I was like, what are they talking about? It wasn't even close to what he said or what he meant. I knew exactly. And you know how you guys know how it is with social media. Once something starts, right? it's like it just gets out of control. <laughs> well, he, he's certainly no stranger to rivalry games. Uh, when he was a player at Iowa, he was involved in the the battle for the the Floyd of Rosedale and Wisconsin, the Axe and all that. But this is his first Lana Lincoln Trophy game, the the hat. Uh, how What's his approach been like to this rivalry game this week against the Wildcats? Well, he has a, he has a lot of respect for Fitz. I know that. Um, you know, I know he um, – and, and, you know, some coaches, you know, I've, we've had over the years, you know, they, they try to create a little um, – you know, well, the team up north or, you know, this or that. And I'm like, hey, you know, Brad, I think, is just interested in the football game. He respects what Northwestern has done. He says, hey, look at the last, was it the last four or five Big Ten West championships have either gone through Northwestern or Wisconsin. Uh, you know, those are the teams we have to beat. And obviously it's a it's an in-state rivalry. A lot of the, you know, the players are from the same part of the state, uh, in the state of Illinois, and, and so I think he understands uh, these rivalry games. The other thing he's done, guys, is he uh, he said something uh, at the start of November. He said, hey, November games are really big. These are important games. Even though we're not in the race for the, for the Western Division, he goes, what I've done over the years, and he's talking about his experience at Wisconsin, is November games are huge. And, um, you know, he, he told me later, he was like, you know, the media looked at me like I had three horns or something. Like, what are you talking about? You know, we haven't had a lot of meaningful games at Illinois in November in the last few years and uh, as far as being in contention. And he said, that's all I've known, and that's in my DNA. That's what it should be. And so he used that message to motivate the guys going to Minnesota. And we wound up winning that game against the Gophers up there. Um, and so I think he's approaching it, A, with a lot of respect for Fitz and for Northwestern and what they've done in recent years and how they compete and his friendship with Fitz, I know. And uh, while it is a rivalry, I think he has a, a lot of respect for uh, Northwestern. And, and we all know that even when Northwestern uh, has been down or struggling in a year, I mean, they came in here what to Champaign with no wins, uh, you know, whatever it was, a couple of years ago or whatever, and still beat Illinois. And I remember the... Mm-hmm. The one championship team Illinois had uh, in one uh, Illinois had a really good team with uh, Kittner and Brandon Lloyd, and Northwestern was fighting for the finish on that game. So it's always a good game, and I think Brett knows it will be. It could be close. That game, they had the Big Ten Championship trophy there at Memorial Stadium. Northwestern had a late third down pass that went off the fingertips of wide receiver Kunle Patrick from Zach Hustock would have wanted for, for Northwestern, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it's been that kind of series. It's always a lot of fun. Brian, I appreciate your time. Uh, Ten and two on the wheel, right, as, as you make your way back to uh, Champaign. <laughs> and uh, we will look forward to seeing you at Memorial Stadium on Saturday. Yeah, that'll be fun. Look forward to seeing you, Dave. And uh, we got another basketball game Friday night, uh, the night before. So uh, 
it uh, it'll keep us busy this weekend. But we're looking forward to seeing you guys. And all right, thanks very much. Thanks, Brian. Yep. And we're joined now by number one for the Northwestern Wildcats defensive tackle out of Martini Catholic. It is Joe Spivak joining Dave Ennett and Dan Persa here on our Collegiately Speaking podcast. And uh, Joe, happy Thanksgiving week. Happy Hat Week to you. Yes. Happy Hat Week to you guys, too. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, too. I will say, just hearing your voice kicking that off, Mr. Ennett, gets me. I feel like I'm at Ryan Fielder now. The vo- To be here with the voice of the Cats is unbelievable. Okay. Just do, one, do me one favor. J- uh, Dave, yeah. please. Dave. Okay. Um, okay. So, okay. so, Joe, let's I'm probably, probably going to slip up, but you just got to. No, I appreciate me. it. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> all right. First of all, I want to ask you what Saturday was like for you. And I know the outcome was disappointing, but. I thought the atmosphere at Wrigley Field was tremendous on Saturday. Uh, Dan was there for the game back in 2010, and and that was great, and that was really cool. But I, I just thought uh, just the whole environment on Saturday was something that I, I think was really special and, and kind of what makes college football, wherever it's played, sort of a special event. What was your take on it? I, I absolutely couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously, you know, any loss hurts, any loss, any loss stings, and, you know, losing is the worst. But that being said, that was absolutely – I was talking to my parents about it just last night again. told them that was one of the coolest football games, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, you know, I, I kind of – I guess I didn't – I will say I, don't, I didn't really expect it to be that awesome. You know, in my mind, it's kind of like, oh, it's still, you know, 100 yards by 53 and a half. It's the same thing. Like, let's go out and play ball. But um, the way that at the staff at Wrigley and everyone there had it dialed up, the field was awesome, I thought. Um, the fans were unbelievable. Just the whole – I mean, there was so much that went into it, and I, I couldn't agree more. That was absolutely one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. All right, and I don't have a lot of time to watch the video board during the game. But I just yeah. happened, because I was facing out to right field, I happened to look up at one point, and, and there's, there's your dad right on the video yeah. board. Did you know that? that was, I will say, that was during a timeout, too, and I kind of got a little tap from one of our, one of our shadows. I was like, hey, Joe, look, look at the board, look at the board. I look over, I'm like, what? My freaking dad going nuts. Gotta love it. Get, getting some time for Pops. He's the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it was a great day, and and – but as you said, I mean, losing is the worst. And I know how excited you were and the other guys returning on this defense were going into the season. And and I just, how have you dealt with it? Because it has been, a, no question about it, it's been a difficult and unexpectedly difficult year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the answer kind of lies, lies in your question. You mentioned, you know, the defense, the offense, the brothers in there together. I think that's how you get through a year like this, and that's how you keep, you know, coming out with, you know, today was a Wednesday practice in week 12, and we're coming out there with arguably more juice than we've had all year. And that's saying nothing about a year. We've practiced hard. We've prepared hard all year. And the way you're able to do that, you know, despite despite the circumstances, despite it being really tough um, and things not going the direction you want to, is, is just by looking around you, you know, being in that locker room, I think, I really do, really do in my heart of hearts believe that everyone in that locker room still realizes that that this season is still a gift to be around each other and work hard to each, with each other and, and grind through this 
tough season together is absolutely a gift. And I just think that's how you go forward. That's absolutely mindset. It's just, you know, having the perspective that, okay, I can still get better. I can help my team. I'm still playing Big Ten football. I still am competing to win every single Saturday. There's another opportunity. And the fact that you're doing that, you know, with your boys, um, that, that, that's what gets me through. And I think a lot of guys would agree. Yeah, I agree, Joe. Thanks again for joining us. Um, yeah. Obviously, over for a long, long career, you've, you've had you know, incredible highs with, with the Big Ten West championships and, and Big Ten titles and, and some lows, too, with, with some you know, seasons like this year. Have you thought uh, kind of about your experience at Northwestern and, and you know, what you can do to end it with a bang? And you know, it's, it's been a great run, right? I mean, it, you've, you've had one of the, yeah. the more illustrious you know, handful of years. I mean, it's been a great run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I think uh, a, a quote I stumbled upon, like maybe midway through the season or maybe before the season, was really an awesome quote. Um, now I get too philosophical with, philosophical with you guys, but it was to live a life free of pain is to live half of a life. You know, obviously we have perspective of the actual pain in the world, but nevertheless, this season has been really painful and really tough at times. Um, but, you know, looking at my career, looking at the 2019 season, which was obviously tough, you know, in some different ways and some similar ways, you know, when it comes to the record and then, and then looking at this year, you know, um, I don't think the highs of the, of the big 10 championships would be the same, or, you know, I just think it all works together in a kind of a pretty cool way to give me experiences that, you know, very few people will say they have, they've had in their lives. You know, it's a special thing to be in a locker room after a citrus bowl championship. It's also a special thing to be in that Wrigley locker room after a loss and be pretty, pretty down just to, for lack of a better term, you know, um, those are all emotions that I've just been trying to take in. Um, and that's not to say, you know, I want Northwestern and I believe they will be a team that is in the big 10 championship years in a row, consecutive years and winning it consecutive years. That is the direction this program's in. I think you guys absolutely agree with me. Um, but you know, obviously in my time, that hasn't been the case. So we've been, we've been a little up and down and, and that's okay. You know, it's been an unbelievable experience for me. Uh, in every single in every single season, every uh, every high and low. Yeah, turn your head to, to Illinois. What's what's kind of the message as as a, a leader and and as a senior on the team? Is this kind of a, a legacy game saying, "Hey guys, you know, this isn't the, the season that we wanted, but we have to you know transfer this to to get a win and, and push it to next year and get the guys going." What's what's kind of the message in the locker room right now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. All across the country, you know, it's obviously a legacy game. It's a rivalry game. Um, if that doesn't get you motivated to be playing a rivalry game in the Big Ten, in college football in general, uh, I don't really know what will. Once again, just what a special opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, rivalry week, you know, Coach Fitz always says that rivalry week is the week that the records go out the window. Um you know, you go to rivalry week to fight and to play to win, and that's what we're trying to do. I think, you know, Coach Fitz does an awesome job. This isn't something that I necessarily preach, but he's always preached, you know, since I was a freshman, and, and it's kind of cool being on the other side now is, you know, this game is for our seniors. This game is to send them out the right way. Um, which, like I said, you know, when you're a freshman and you're hearing that, you, you, you think you got all the time in the world, but you're still playing for them, and then being on the other end of it like I am this year and, you know, wanting to go out on the right note and being committed to going out on the right note with this rivalry run, um, that's definitely a motivating factor. You know, you know, doing it for my my other senior brothers and uh, the young guys doing it for us. Hey, you you've never lost to Illinois. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. You so you guys every year 
for you, Joe. You've won the Land of Lincoln trophy, and uh, it's been a great rivalry. Look, I've seen a lot of these games over the years, and uh, I know at one time it was kind of tilted towards Illinois, and since then yeah. it's been tilted towards Northwestern. But that doesn't mean yeah. that uh, the unexpected doesn't happen in this year. Or, you know, maybe it is what's meant to be. It's not so much the unexpected. It's just that uh, the team that wants it more tends to tends to get it. I, I want to ask you, because you've sort of developed uh, into a media personality off the football <laughs> field. You did an internship. Little, I don't know if that's and, a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll take it. No, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. That's, you did I an internship. You know that, did. What's that? I said I talk too much. You guys know that. I'm sorry. No, it's a, listen, it's uh, uh, your enthusiasm, your energy is great, and I know you did an internship at Channel 7 here. And So what's uh, what's the future hold for Joe Spivak? Absolutely. The future hold, obviously, cannot wait for tomorrow. I'm going to be honest, guys. Thanksgiving is probably my favorite holiday, um, <laughs> especially during the football season. You know, I was you. blessed to play for state championships in high school, so I always, you know, practice on Thanksgiving, and then there you are with the family at night and whatnot. And you know, it's the same thing here. It's it's, it's just my favorite day in the world. Um, but then, obviously, you know, go down and and do our thing on Saturday, and then you know, I think getting at your actual question, uh, I'm really excited to train for a pro day. Um, I'm one step away from my dream of playing in the NFL. And, yeah, I'm, I'll be darned if I don't go for it with everything I got. You know, I've made it this far. A lot of people told me I wouldn't even come close to making it where I am right now. So I absolutely got to go for that final step. And I just I just can't wait to pour myself into training. But uh, then after that, we'll see. Maybe you got, maybe I'll see me in a little wrestling ring action. I've been, uh, I've been getting pretty excited about the WWE and some opportunities, possibilities there that I, I could see myself taking advantage of. Uh, because, like I said, you know, Y'all know me, like I, I love football. Football's my number one love in this world. Um, but the only place I kind of get a feeling like I do on a football field is, is when I'm in some other competition or when I'm having a mic in my hand and, and connecting with people in an audience or on a screen. Like that, that's what I love to do. I think that's why I've, you know, been so lucky to, um, you know, have the Northwestern media team who's let me exercise those muscles a little bit. Um, but really, that's just what I want to do after football is just exercise those muscles, connect with people, um, you know, like we are right now, whether it be a podcast, whether it be a screen, whether it be a stage, um, I, that, that, that's what gets me excited. Well, you have a talent for it, and that's that's yeah, not common. You. So, so listen, we appreciate your time. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you guys in Champaign on Saturday. And always fun, but but Joe, thanks very much for taking the time out to to come on with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Seriously, I mean, that's the best thing about coming to a school like Northwestern is this is my last game, but. The end really doesn't come off in the family we have for life, not just the guys I played here with, but but you guys, Dan, who played before me. Um, I'm seriously just so blessed to call this place my home and have this purple family, you know, for the rest of my life. Thank you guys so much. Seriously. All right. Great. Visiting with Joe. Dan, don't you want to just run through a wall after talking to him? Yeah, he's, he's certainly high energy. That's for sure. Did you have a teammate like that? Anybody, anybody you'd compare him to? Oh man. Um, I don't, not like that. I mean, he's, he's just, you know, nonstop all the time. Like, I, I have had teammates that, you know, when the lights go on, they're, they're crazy, but you know, he's <laughs> like that all the time. <laughs> uh, by the way, it was great to see that your 
former teammate and a guest here on Collegiately Speaking with us from time to time. Brian Peters was at Wrigley on Saturday where he scored the only touchdown in the East End Zone back in 2010, but he was back there Saturday for for that game against uh, the Purdue Boilermakers. All right, it's time to get Super Joe's Predictions. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super Joe's Predictions. All right, as we all know, there's a huge game in Ann Arbor, 11 a.m. Saturday. Uh, what game I, is that, Joe? Yeah, that I, would be the, uh, the, memo. the Michigan Wolverines, number five in the country, hosting the number two Buckeyes. But I'm actually going to go up the road a little northwest to Spartan Stadium, where Michigan State uh, still looking their wounds after a beatdown from those uh, aforementioned Buckeyes. They will host the Penn State Nittany, Nittany Lions. And get this, Michigan State is getting a point at home. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. Um, Ohio State did what they did on senior day, and I think uh, Michigan State doesn't need a point. I'll take it, you know, just because. But uh, I think they'll win outright. I think uh, their coach gets them back on track. There's no reason to worry about Penn State, especially if whether Clifford plays. He's been hurt pretty much all season long. Um, you know, obviously Michigan State's pass defense is is leaving a lot to be desired. Uh, but if you don't have a quarterback to, to throw and, and make it hurt on the other side, then there's really nothing to worry about. And I think uh, Kenneth Walker gets back on track uh, again this Saturday. I think so, too. I think you're right. I mean, I think just right now, Ohio State, as they showed on Saturday, they were trying to make a statement and they made their statement. They moved up to number two in the in the playoff rankings this week and you know i think things look pretty good for them if they can get the job done against the wolverines this weekend but that that should be a good game and it's it's been lopsided you talk about rivalry games that one's been lopsided in favor of the buckeyes in recent years but uh, this is i think the best michigan team that we've seen in a while so we'll see if they can get it done this week, uh, Dan, yeah, we've talked about the schedule a few times uh, the last couple of weeks. It, it really it, it's finishing strong. I mean, not just in Ann Arbor, not just in East Lansing. Obviously, uh, you know, Illinois and Northwestern this week. It, it's great whether it's a rivalry matchup or just a good game between good teams. It's it's really going to be a great Thanksgiving weekend. Sorry to interrupt there. Uh, no, 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 no. How about Wisconsin at Minnesota? I mean, that's a that's a huge game. And uh, Iowa Nebraska the day after Thanksgiving which has been a rivalry and uh, you know, that's got a huge bearing as far as how the big 10 West will end up. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a great weekend to, to sit around, let the uh, tryptophan kick in <laughs> and, uh, and you digest the Turkey and, and watch the football. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Dan, what are your plans for the holiday? Uh, I'm back in my hometown of, of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and, and getting the family together at my sister's house. And I will be eating as much as possible, trying to gain, you know, five to 10 pounds um, by the end of the <laughs> day. So we'll see how- Position change for you, huh? Uh, yeah, right. All right. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Collegiately Speaking. We thank you for joining us. Many thanks to uh, Brian Barnhart and also Joe Spivak for, for Dan Persa and Super Joe Romano. I'm Dave Ennett. Don't forget, join us for Northwestern football on WGN Radio Saturday from Champaign. We'll get going at 2 o'clock. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.